How influential is your past on the way you live life now? How much of an impact does it have on your self-image? In today's episode, we'll be talking about the role of your past on your sex life. This is based on the sixth chapter of my book titled Crash Course on Sex for Christian Couples. In the book, I talk about things like the concept I like to call the comparison conundrum, the role of the family, and how this plays in on our view of sex and married sex, and dealing with insecurity and other body image issues like surgery, aging, weight, and so on. However, my focus in this episode is to deal with the question of whether or not our past affects our now, especially as it relates to sex. The title of this episode is also telling as it deals with the focal point of this entire episode. Now, our past shapes the way we view life and the future. This is a direct quote from the book. And what I mean by this is that our past experiences do three things. Firstly, they um, contribute to our determination of expectations from every situation we find ourselves in. And they contribute to our determination of our expectations from other people. They contribute to our determination of expectations from ourselves. This is the first thing that they do. They basically set our direct our determination of expectations from situations, people, and ourselves. The second thing that our past does, or our past experiences do, is that they affect our behavior and approach to life in relation to different situations, people, and ourselves. So they affect behavior. The third thing that our past experiences do is they create a perception of ourselves and how we fit into different situations, relationships, and the world. This is important to understand because it plays into our view of sex and how we perform or how we go about our sex lives in the context of marriage. The thing about the past is that it is a series of experiences that are nothing more than contributing factors but we perceive them to be determining factors. And what I mean um, by this is that there's a difference between a contributing factor and a determining factor. Fundamentally, a contributing factor is something that has an effect but doesn't necessarily determine the outcome, whereas a determining factor is something that has both an effect and a determination of the outcome. Consider a situation where two people grew up in the same situations. They went through the same training and they lived through the same lifestyle, but the one becomes successful financially and relationally, while the other is left hustling to survive. The difference between these two people is nothing more than their response to the situation under which they grew up. And the one may have took the situation that they were born into and resigned themselves to a lower life because of the situation they were born into. The other, more successful one in our hypothetical two people of comparison, 
is different in the sense that that one understands that the situation I was born into does not determine the situation that I will live in going forward in the future. That way, he or she fully is is fully aware of the disadvantaged background from which they come, but they don't see it as a limiting factor when considering their chances of success in life. Now, the same thing goes in our marriage and sex life. When we let our past dictate who and what we see ourselves to be, there's a problem. And usually it is a lack of understanding of our identity, especially as Christians. Now, this is the reason for my title in today's episode, because there are some who get held up in their past. And one 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 thing about the past is that it can have power over your present and your future if you give it. And people let the past chain them down to perceiving themselves as lesser than, even to the point of struggling to appreciate and accept real, genuine love that, as scripture says, covers all sins. And I've had experience in this, seeing someone struggle with accepting their spouse's love because they felt that their spouse is too good for them. Now, this is a dangerous um, space to be in because you always feel like you are one mistake from your spouse leaving you when you feel like you don't deserve to be uh, married to them or they are too good for you. And if you are born again Christian, you are unworthy of anything good because you are a sinner. But Christ has made you worthy by his sacrifice and you should never let the enemy rob you of that joy. So the typical manifestation of this behavior in sex is the issue of body count. Um, the issue of um, your history and your past affecting your present. And I have news for you if you've got concerns over your body count, uh, looking at your past experiences sexually. I have news for you. The Word of God tells us that in Christ we are new creatures. And that means all the stuff that you did in your past becomes irrelevant. It is now time for you to walk in the newness of life, walk in the gift of restoration through Christ. This is a good place for me to address the issue of supporting our spouses because it is important that we are transparent with each other about our past and being or doing so will help the other spouse understand your disposition better. They will also be likely uh, to be mindful of the things that hurt you in the past. And the other, the other, the other element of this is to become your spouse's number one supporter by encouraging him or her and reassuring him or her of their identity in Christ and the newness to which they have been brought into in the kingdom of God. Now I know I have digressed a bit, but it is a good it is a good digression and one which someone needs to hear and one which is likely to help someone greatly. Now, back to the ideas about your past. The other idea I deal with in the book is that of your fantasies and fetishes. And this comes at the wake of my coverage of BDSM in chapter 4 of my book. The chapter is called Sexual Fantasies. And I assert that some of the obscure fetish, fetishes and fantasies that people have 
um, a result of undealt with pasts, undealt with issues from their past. For an example, um, if you consider a person who f has fantasies of dominating another, when you look at that deeper, it's usually rooted in a history of subjugation where the person wants to dominate another to assert their value as a person. In a weird way, it can also be a means of washing off the taste of that bad experience from their mind where they themselves were the subject of someone else dominating them in any way, shape or form. And this is not a healthy way to enjoy sex in a loving marriage because we are called or we are created to have dominion over things and not dominion over each other. So already exercising dominion over someone during sex or outside of sex is already wrong because you are operating in a, in a way, it's actually a malfunction. If God were to create you and specify how you should operate, if you are dominating someone else, you are malfunctioning because you're not called to dominate things. You're not called to dominate people. You're called to have dominion over things. And typically what we um, like or dislike is also rooted in our past, which is another aspect of our past. My wife, for an example, hates maize porridge. And this is because as a child, she had too much of it under fairly difficult conditions. So eating a few spoonful of it is enough to send her gagging to the loo. And the same goes for sexual intercourse. Whatever the condition of our mind concerning the area of marriage, the root of it and the seed can be found in our past. If you have a false perception of marriage, if you think marriage is bad, somehow you may have viewed a particular marriage that was disappointing for you that led you to concluding that marriage is bad. Whereas marriage as an institution is not bad. It is an institution that was created by God and everything that he created, he said it was good. Now, it is each person's responsibility to seek out the truths about their past and deal with them and make sure that these don't hinder them from experiencing life to the full in their future. Lest they become a hindrance, they need to be addressed. In the book, I also deal with your past and as it has an effect on your body image because sometimes our past has a weird way of creeping up at the worst times because many people may have experienced being teased for the way that they look, especially their weight. And this might be um, remotely hurtful coming from a third party. But if it comes from a spouse, it is likely to cut deeper. So being forthcoming about your experiences in terms of um, your weight and your past is very important because it then informs your spouse about the things that they avoid. Because sometimes I, I could... Um, be saying something innocently to my wife only to find that it is striking a nerve on something that was hurtful in our past. So I need to know about this and I also need to understand where she comes from because I might be surprised to say, okay, what is so hurtful about this? I was just joking only to find that there's a deeper, more hurtful situation that she, was, she went through in the past and my saying whatever I'm saying is resurrecting that thing so that needs to be dealt with because i want um i once heard a pastor saying that the people closest to your heart are the people most likely 
to hurt you. And the reason for this is because they matter to you. And so the way that they treat you matters to you. So let's be mindful of the feedback we give each other in marriage, especially men, because we tend to be lax when it comes to the emotional fragility of our wives. We need to up our game in that area. We need to be more careful of the things that we say. And we need to be more careful of not causing our spouses to relive their past. Now, lastly, um, as a summation of this episode, I'd like to just make this statement. Your past will shape your future. And this is a guarantee. Your past will shape your future. And I guarantee you this. But how it shapes your future is dependent on you. In the Bible, there's a story of a young man born into a family of 10 brothers. And he's a dreamer an obedient son and a bit of an and a and a and a an obedient son and a bit of a parent's pet. Now his brothers decide to kill him when one of them in this uh, decision making process suggests no look let's just throw him into a pit and forget about him. As if killing him would be less of an offense than putting in putting him in a pit or putting him in a pit is better than not killing him. It's the same thing, basically, because they left him for dead, for dead. But, however, he is sold into slavery, slavery and lands in a foreign land of Egypt. Then, he is seduced by his master's wife and um, he refuses this offer and his master's wife cries rape. He's then thrown into jail where he interprets the dreams of his jailmates correctly and begs them to remember him they don't but the dreams do come true and he's basically an unknown until the king of the land pharaoh has a troublesome dream and his former jailmate remembers about him and says oh i remember there was a guy i was in a prison with he interpreted my dreams they did come true so he's called in interprets the king's dream and he's given a role of second command to the king, gets married, has children, builds a family, all while um, um, overcoming that stigma, overcoming where it was coming from. So basically, he was killing it in uh, national leadership and he was killing it in being a politician. A famine hit, according to his interpretation of the dream, and his brothers, who threw him in the pit, came to Egypt for food. They are reunited with the brothers, and the, brother, the brothers don't recognize him, probably because he wasn't speaking their mother tongue, he was speaking a foreign tongue. And um, a few episodes of drama ensue, and later his brothers are fulfilling his dream as they beg him for mercy. Now, his response to all of this is exemplary, and he says, you meant it for evil, referring to them putting him in the pit and leaving him for dead. He says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Now, the young man's name in question is Joseph, and the story can be found in the book of Genesis in the Bible. The point here is to show you that your past experiences are usually a great window into the goodness of God. It all depends on whether or not you are willing to see it. So, if you are like Joseph, you can look at a situation of your brothers throwing you into a pit, you being sold into slavery, 
and you being jailed for being ethical as something that God was using to land you in a space where you could be an instrument of change for the better of the world. Or you can sit back and look at your past and mourn about it and cry about it and be sad about it. And I hope this uh, gives you some insight on what I mean when I say your past will shape your future and how it shapes your future is dependent entirely on you, dependent entirely on your perspective on things. I really hope that you have been blessed by this podcast and I would like to appeal to you that you like, you subscribe and you share it with your loved ones, especially with your spouse. Have the conversation about your past. Have the conversation about how certain things in the past made you feel and how they can help you overcome that and how they can help you avoid getting back into those places in terms of your mental state. Also, the sharing of the podcast will help us reach more people, which helps us share the message that great marriages are the heart of fulfilled families. I hope you are blessed and that you continue shining the light that is within you wherever you are. As always, peace and love.